This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. If the government could write its own headlines, the last week would probably have been awash with a litany of environmental pledges made at COP26. Instead, Boris Johnson has managed to plunge headfirst into a quagmire of his own making, after announcing plans to clean up a very different type of sludge. The attempt to reform Parliament's lobbying rules has backfired, and Owen Paterson, the MP at the midst of all the fuss, has announced that he will leave the Commons. On The Andrew Marr Show, the leader of the opposition, Sir Keir Starmer, condemned the government's actions over the whole affair. Owen Paterson was uh, lobbying the government on behalf of a company that was paying him hundreds of thousands of pounds, and he was rightly found guilty of that. That's been outlawed for a very long time. Along comes the Prime Minister, and instead of upholding standards, he orders his MPs to, to protect his mate and rip up the whole system. Now, Um, That is corrupt, it is contemptible, and it's not a one-off. This Prime Minister has form, he has pattern. There are so many examples. Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, was found to have breached the Ministerial Code. What happened? She stayed. The advisor had to go. The Electoral Commission started looking at the government, what happened. The government's trying to clip its wings. And now there's been this outrageous undermining of Catherine Stone, the independent commissioner, in this very case. It's a pattern of behaviour. And what makes me most angry is the Prime Minister is trashing the reputation of our democracy and our country. And so this is far from a one-off and a uh, 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 U-turn, you know, a bad week for the government. It's a pattern of behaviour by a Prime Minister um, who doesn't know how to uphold standards in public life. When interviewed by Trevor Phillips, Thangham Debonair, the shadow leader of the Commons, took things even further than her boss. We are lawmakers. We should not be lawbreakers. We should be upholding a system of standards. And I'm afraid to say, I think the public knows how to judge. I think the public can see that this week, Tory MPs, led by the Tory Prime Minister, tried to protect someone who'd been found guilty of doing things that an MP should never do, which is take a very large amount of money for a very large amount of access. I think their reputation, frankly, is in tatters. And I hope that Boris Johnson also considers his position this weekend and takes the steps he needs to to repair the reputation. He's damaged the reputation of politics, which is a problem. The Environment Secretary, George Eustace, also joined Trevor Phillips to give the government's version of events. On Monday, you failed to persuade a hundred of your own MPs to toe the line on the Patterson decision. And there's decision after decision. Surely you must accept government in trouble over this issue, not just of the specific decisions, but of character, of sleaze. Well, look, I, I know um, you, you may put it to me that way. Others, opposition leaders and so on, uh, who and opposition politicians you'll have on will no doubt uh, say that. Uh, but I don't agree. Look, I've been up here in Glasgow uh, at COP later this week where some uh, really big decisions are being taken, big important commitments around the world on a big uh, you know, challenge like climate change. I think, you know, what we've seen is a sort of, um, you know, Westminster storm in a teacup, if I may say so. Uh, yes, we made a mistake in bringing that forward in the way that we did. So we withdrew it. But um, the, the overall principle that you should have due process and a right of appeal in these uh, types of situations, I don't think anybody doubts. 
Eustace also found himself having to defend a story broken in the Sunday Times, which showed that the Conservative Party had an excellent track record of offering peerages to its most important donors. Let me um, turn to the front page of the Sunday Times this morning. In the past 20 years, all 16 of the Conservative Party's main treasurers, apart from the most recent, have been offered a seat in the House of Lords. Do you understand why many people will look at that and say this is a sleazy government? I don't, actually. Uh, these people really? will be philanthropists um, uh, in they're, every they're case. They're philanthropists who've given £3 million on average each to the Conservative Party. They're not ordinary philanthropists. They're Conservative Party-supporting philanthropists. Well, they're philanthropists who give huge amounts to charity, who would be very successful in business, uh, and therefore on those uh, grounds uh, ought to be considered uh, for the Lords. And in addition, the fact that they have been engaged uh, with political parties, whether that's Labour or Conservative Party. Um, people like that uh, have an interest in politics. Uh, they are philanthropists. They've made a great contribution to public life. And uh, in many cases, they've got a lot of expertise in business that uh, is valuable to the House of Lords. On other matters, Phillips challenged Eustace on the lack of progress in getting the world's biggest polluters to get on board with the COP26 programme. You signed a coal deal this week, and that's a big thing. But Australia hasn't signed it. The USA hasn't signed it. And China, responsible for about half the world's coal emission, hasn't signed it. What is the point of that? Well, look, some of those countries, I think China and the US in particular, have uh, signed uh, separate agreements. I think they were reached at G20 on ending investments overseas on unabated coal, so that's a step forward. Always in these multilateral agreements, uh, different countries have got um, different uh, concerns, uh, different circumstances. You're never going to be able to get everybody to move. The important thing is, are you overall moving the world forward? And I think to get over 100 countries committed to phasing out coal is a major step forward. But we've got 90% of the, overall, the um, uh, world's... Overall, and you haven't got the biggest contributors. The head of the um, International Energy Agency, Faith Birol, says that in the absence of those countries, Australia, China and so on, the target of keeping temperature at no more than 1.5% above pre-industrial levels, the chances of doing that are, quote, close to zero. Close to zero. Well, look, we don't know. Obviously, with the measures that, uh, that are agreed, once uh, COP concludes in a week from now, there'll be analysis about the impact of that. The big focus of this conference is trying to keep uh, 1.5 degrees alive. That is, during this century, to try to hold uh, the growth in global temperatures to 1.5 degrees. We've now got around 90% of the world's economy committed to net zero by the middle of the century. Uh, this week, also, 120 countries pledged to halt deforestation uh, by 2030. That's a major step forward. The other thing we're seeing at this COP, and this is a big change uh, on previous ones, uh, is donor countries mobilising the finance to actually deliver on the policy pledges that are made. That's been difficult in previous years. I've been talking to sort of veterans of COP meetings, people in some cases who have attended the last 20 of them, and there's real uh, excitement and enthusiasm for the way they were getting tangible progress here in Glasgow. Ma asked Keir Starmer about whether he would be looking to make changes to the UK's relationship with the EU, especially any changes that would see the UK drifting more closely back into the EU's orbit. 
So a lot of people looking at this think there is going to be a point at which the opposition says, given everything that's happened, given all the problems over farming and, uh, and over trade and the frictions and so forth, we do have to go back and look at this in a big way. We do have to negotiate a different kind of arrangement going forward between Britain and the EU. Not rejoining, but a different kind of relationship. Are you ever going to get to that point? Andrew, no rejoining no ripping up the current arrangement and starting again. I don't think anybody wants to go through the torture of four or five years of starting again. As time goes by, of course, we're going to be in discussions with the EU about how we can improve. Yeah. The, make Brexit work. Don't just say get Brexit done. Make Brexit work. And finally, Dr Susan Hopkins of the New Health Security Agency spoke to Mar about the rollout of the COVID booster vaccines. The health secretary says that if we're going to get through smoothly to Christmas, we need to speed up the booster vaccine programme quite sharply. Do you agree with that? I do. I think that the vaccines, particularly boosting in the over 50s and the vulnerable, will help protect hospitals and reduce the number of individuals requiring hospital admission and also dying. So what's been going wrong with the booster rollout? So I think, firstly, uh, it's been quite good. There's over 60% of the population that are being offered boosters are taking it up. I think it's slower than we saw in the first round. Uh, I think that may be due to people thinking they're already protected, which is why we're giving a lot of public health messages about why it's so important for them to come forward for their third dose. It's also been made easier to get that uh, third dose as close to six months as possible by releasing the vaccinations just after five months. And get, getting through a smooth winter depends on this going right now. I believe so. I think that we are seeing um, immune waning effects from the vaccine. Uh, we know that the uh, virus is circulating at very high levels mm. in our community. So unless people get vaccinated, we will have a, a long and difficult winter. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffee House Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash evening blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. <laughs>